guys, this is Missing Out Monday, where we talk about things that we're into. We thought we'd do a Black Panther special, so take a little bit of extra time. This will be in the feed, so it'll be nice. You can check it out, sit in your car, listen to us talk about Black Panther for a little bit. Um, and so we're going to do a little bit of spoiler free, talk about our our thoughts, and then we might do a little bit of spoiler at the end just to kind of be able to go a little bit more in depth, but... Generally, we're gonna just going to talk about how we feel. Uh, Lex Michael, you saw it recently, yes? I saw it. So we record typically on Saturday. I saw it Thursday night. Nice. You saw it a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, I saw it about a week and a half ago at a press screening. Um, so it's, it's less fresh in my mind, but I've been talking about it all week. Uh, just giving people fake spoilers. Fake and, spoilers? Yeah. It's been really fun. No one believes that I've seen it. Um, Wait, what is it? Give me an example of one fake spoiler that you've given to somebody. All right. So I was like, there's a moment when Thanos comes down and he's like, oh, bro, you guys got some sweet, sweet infinity stone. And then his face peels back and it's actually cable. And he's like, (laughs) he like looks at the camera and goes, you'll get this later. Wink. But he like winks with his good eye. That's not a robot eye. Oh, see, I would, I would want him to close his back. I would want him to pop out and be like, he'd turn to the camera and be like, Fox Disney deal actually happened last year, fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) And then everybody else in the cast, like, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, uh, everybody just turns and looks at the camera very startled because they're not supposed to say fuck in a Disney film. Right. Um, I like it. They're like, I think we can still maintain our PG-13. Don't even worry about it, guys. And then Cable just starts screaming fuck at the top of his lungs over and over and over and over. And they're like, nope, now we can't. <laughs> might, might as well get naked. All rating. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that was my experience. All right. Um, so uh, give me your give me your thoughts. Uh, first impression, things that you liked, things that, uh, I don't know. That's it. Okay. Only so, things so, you like. So right now, spoiler free? Yeah. All right. Um, first of all, holy shit. Yep. I mean, like, holy shit. <laughs> um, no, but that's seriously, that was my first. I mean, it's it's incredible. Now, like, I'm obviously very much in the bag for these Marvel things anyway. Uh, I knew that I was going to like it, and I knew that it was going to be a real big deal because the advanced buzz had gotten so, so, so ecstatic and crazy. This is something very, very special. I mean, I don't think... Anybody who's seen it is going to disagree. I don't think they're going to need to be told. This is something truly, truly special uh, in a number of ways. Uh, the one that's, I mean, obviously, look, the fact that it's a, it's a primarily black cast, primarily black creative team making the movie on this scale is pretty dang noteworthy in itself. But also the completely unflinching way in which the movie addresses themes of race. I don't want to like suck a couple of people. Um, actually, uh, uh, film writer, I'm a huge fan of film crit Hulk saw it and made a comparison, uh, between black Panther and do the right thing. Uh, he said, he said, uh, I believe what he said was maybe I'm paraphrasing slightly, but said like the most nuanced movie about race since do the right thing. And at first I saw it and I was like, yeah. And then the longer I thought about it, I was like, Oh, well, Yeah. Um, I think obviously we know, uh, from Captain America, civil war, Chadwick Boseman is an abs is a pitch perfect T'Challa. What I think is really special about black Panther, uh, character wise is that it is not just 
the title character's movie. It is very much an ensemble film. We get to spend, I think, at least just as much time with, uh, you know, with Nakia and Okoye and with Shuri. Uh, mm-hmm. They all get to be fully developed and fleshed out. There's a, a moment, and I won't, I won't, again, no spoilers. There's a, not a moment, but there's a, a stretch near the middle of the movie where the focus is largely off of T'Challa entirely. Yeah. And we're focusing specifically on those characters. I saw a couple of people comparing it before I saw the movie, comparing it's not just an it's not just a Marvel movie. It it almost feels like black Star Wars. I agree wholeheartedly in as much as I saw it and it felt very much like within the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe, Wakanda exists as its own universe unto itself. Yeah. And it feels like within Wakanda, you could tell endless spin-off stories, uh, uh, different adventures set in that world, and you'd never feel like you were stuck in a confined space. I mean, Wakanda feels massive. It feels lived in. You feel the cultural history of the place. Um, and obviously, we've never seen... I mean, we've never seen um, uh, anything, to, to my knowledge, on this scale that costs this much that's so wholeheartedly embraced an Afrofuturist aesthetic. Yeah. Which, again, it's like, I don't... I mean, look, this is so, I'm sitting here telling you this shit, which seems a little backwards, but... I asked you what you thought. No, but, like, I, 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 we haven't seen this before. And, like, in terms, of, in terms of the broad strokes of the story, they're not really reinventing the wheel story-wise, but it's the way... They're telling the story and yeah. the way that they are uh, running head on at these themes that I think most teams, when they're handed this kind of budget, would would be too afraid to tackle. Most studios, when this much money is on the line, would be, I think, very, very hesitant to allow them to run with such uh, pointed social and racial commentary. Yeah. But in allowing themselves and allowing their team, their creators, the freedom and the leeway to do so i think yeah we we end up with something that really is truly singular and truly special and i think i hope but more than hope even i think that this is going to be a pretty significant paradigm shift this movie is going to make all the money first of all (laughs) it's tracking it's tracking to do a better four days than age of ultron yeah um it did better advanced ticket sales than captain america civil war this is a Again, I don't think anyone needs to be told at this point, but yeah, this is a pretty massive deal, not just for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel Studios output, but I think for cinema as a whole, I think now there's literally no possible way for any studio to argue in good faith or otherwise that movies, uh, that black stories by black filmmakers about subject matter that is relevant to black people, it's not, it, it not only does it play, it's gonna travel insanely well. Yeah, this movie is doing is doing pretty well globally already, mm-hmm. and it has just started to make the money that it's gonna make. And oh, good gravy, is it earning every penny? Because this is an excellent, excellent, truly singular movie. Yeah, is like my initial thought. Right. All of that. That's my like initial <laughs> feel. That was like I stood up from my seat, and I was just all of that at once. Yeah. Um. And even beyond the black experience, I think that it also, um is a really great example of how to use women in your media. Oh, hell yes. Um, There is not a single uh, female character in this movie that doesn't have her own perspective, that doesn't have something that she's amazing at, that doesn't have her own character. Like, they're fully fleshed out, and they are super capable, and they are at the top of their game, which is amazing to see. So, like, it was kind of uh, a twofold experience for me in that it was 
great to see a movie that was released mainstream that everyone loves isn't qualified as a quote unquote black movie um and just to see all these people so invested in the the like this family culture which i i feel like in a lot of i'm going to make big quotes again black movies the only ones right. that are embraced or the only ones that are allowed to be made show so much strife among black people and so much strife it like inner inner family and inner relationship uh issues and that's the only thing that is allowed to be shown but in this movie it's all about these people who are together and who are who are working together for a greater purpose and like even the even the strife between the different sides is a it's a fundamental difference in terms of ideology yeah it's not like Ah, oh my gosh. It's not petty, I think right. is the word I'm looking for. Right. Um, which I think is amazing to see. So, like, the, the writing is uh, really well done. The visuals were stunning. Just, like, there's a, a part, there's a, a very big part in the movie um, that you you get to go to another place. That's all I'll say. Not a spoiler. We got to get into spoilers pretty quickly we, here. We do, but um, actually, yeah, I'll save that part for the spoiler. But the visuals great. Um, all the action was amazing. Um, and each of the just the wardrobe. I was talking about the wardrobe yesterday. The costumes in this thing are incredible. Yes, phenomenal. Like even just down to the very simple things. Like the T'Challa when he's not uh, Black Panther just wears these very simple robes, but the etching on them is very intricate and very well put together. And that's just like his day wear, you know? Um, everyone else is wearing such like intricately woven material. All of their hair, they, they were allowed to wear it natural, and you got to see how beautiful natural hair could be without like... And the other thing is too, to... it all... It, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut yeah, you off. Go ahead. Like, it all looks real. Yeah. It doesn't look like, wow, the hair and makeup department and the costume department did a really great job making the, the costumes and doing the hair and makeup. Yeah. Very good work, y'all. No, it looks real. It mm -hmm. looks lived. It looks like every piece of design has history to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think, yeah, maybe we should prob probably get into spoiler zone. Yeah, before before we jump into spoilers, one yeah. last thing that I'll just say without getting into specifics. Um yeah, Eric Killmonger, best villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, I would I, agree. His only competition is Loki. I would argue his motivations and his point of view are even more compelling than Loki's because Loki, even though you can totally track it, I think Loki's an incredible character. Yeah. You can completely track his point of view and his motivations. Ultimately, and this is by design, the movies aren't confused about this, ultimately, his point of view and his motivations are pretty petty. <laughs> like, they're pretty dang <laughs> petty at the end of it all. Right. Killmongers are not. It yeah. is very difficult to not find yourself agreeing with him at multiple points throughout the movie, even if you know, like T'Challa does, the way he wants to go about achieving his ends are ugly. Right. But it's very hard not to see his point of view. Yeah. Um, so that said, because I really want to talk about Eric um, Killmonger. Um, so... If you are listening to this and you haven't seen the movie... Yeah, tune out um, now. Yes, so you've heard our thoughts, you've heard our general views. Go see it, because uh, we can't recommend this movie more. Uh, and then come back to this 
podcast and we will still be here. We'll be hanging out in your feed. Uh, so once you're on your way back from the movie, turn this on in your car or in your um, your phone while you're on the bus or on BART or on the Metro or whatever uh, you take the underground um, and come back to us. Because now we're about to get into spoilers. Yeah, that- one last thing before spoilers. This is not a movie spoiler. Um, want to shout out. Uh, this movie features original songs and a soundtrack album by Kendrick Lamar. It is a dope as shit album. Not only are the songs just broadly speaking, they're they're just real good and they're super catchy. Um, he's also writing songs from the point of view of both uh, T'Challa and Killmonger. Uh-huh. It's it's dang fascinating. Um, all uh, all the stars was like the lead single, which they which they now non story spoilers ready spoilers yay. Uh, they use all the stars as the end credit song. Yeah, but there are also a couple other needle drops throughout the movie of songs that are on the soundtrack. Basically, anytime you hear a hip hop needle drop in Black Panther, it's probably on Kendrick Lamar's soundtrack album. Check that out because in a obviously different medium, apples to oranges, in its own way just as strong as the movie yeah and i hear that essentially when you listen to the album it's not just like score it's essentially um oh it's not score at all right it's, right yes so yeah. it's songs um they're like actual songs and then the score essentially samples the songs that were created for the album yeah to a large extent yes yeah not not exclusively but yeah right 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 yeah yeah, yeah. but um no it's basically like it's and not every track is a kendrick track it's all tracks by him or things that he like quote unquote curated yeah um but yeah it's like listening to a kendrick lamar album it's just they reference t'challa and killmonger a whole bunch yeah um but it is excellent excellent stuff so nice. go go check that out also <laughs> um so Again, just to reiterate, we are in spoiler territory. Super duper Mr. Spoiler Face Town. Spoiler Face Town. All right, what's up? So you're talking about uh, Eric Killmonger. And so um, his backstory is a fairly tragic one in that like his father was the was the brother of the previous king. King T'Chaka, um, who we met in Captain America Civil War. We met and uh, parted with in relatively short order. Yep. Uh, and so his father was killed by the king and left essentially unceremoniously and was found by Eric. Context is important though. And this is something else. I love how, I love the way they worked in the references to the wider Marvel universe because there are a number of them, but the story feels very self-contained and the references are so organic that if you didn't know they were referencing the wider universe, wouldn't matter. You don't right. need to know, for example, that Ulysses Claw only has one arm because Ultron cut his arm off. Right. Um, but I love... Okay, so like sidebar, right? He's uh, killed by the king. Also, Sterling K. Brown playing uh, Daddy Killmonger, um, whose name I they mention a couple of times and I forget. But yeah. uh, always amazing to see Sterling K. Brown in anything. Um, yeah. But he helped Ulysses Claw steal a ton of vibranium and he effectively s- sells Wakanda out to uh, a sneering profiteer and he ends up, you know, King T'Chaka certainly does not want to kill his brother. And it, it happens. He basically has to, has to make a split second judgment. Right. And he does. And then they leave and yeah, they just abandon Eric who then has to find his dad. Yes. Um, so all that to say that like he has a, he has a legitimate claim to the throne, but also he has a grudge against Wakanda because of the way that they handled 
his father, but also the way that uh, Wakanda itself, it there's this theme of nationalism from Wakanda, and, and you see it, it's, it's something that we as a country are dealing with now, and so to see it um, used in the context of a, an African nation um, towards the rest of the world is really uh, interesting. Well, because his argument is essentially like black people are suffering all over the world. Right. You have the means to help them. Yes. Why aren't you? Yeah. And that is the, the central question to the whole movie. Um, and, you know, Killmonger, as Lex had mentioned, uh, his methods are not great because well, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't care who, who gets in his way. He doesn't care who he kills. What what it seems like he's ultimately going to do is, yeah, I, I believe him wholeheartedly when he says his ultimate goal is justice for all black people. But his approach seems to suggest that it's it's success and power for all black people at the expense of everybody else. Right. It seems like his means are not going to be all that different from the colonial imperialist practices that he's decrying. Ultimately, exactly. it is every bit as ugly, though his intentions are uh, arguably purer than the, the colonizers were. Ultimately, it's just a different looking version of the same thing. Yeah. And he's, he seems to like, he has the same goal as his father who also was essentially saying that, you know, uh, this because he was killed during the like early 90s late 92. 80s i believe 92 um so like after rodney king after like the crack epidemic and things of that sort so he's seen firsthand like how much black people are suffering especially like in america or also in africa where um you know there's a big aids epidemic and things of that sort and so to to have that knowledge and to know that just you know, just across the pond from where he is, but like in Africa itself, there's this nation that's so advanced, but refuses to use that advancedness and that prosperity to help anyone but themselves is, is something he can't stand by and watch. Right. Which is terror. Not terrifying. It's uh, which is, is tragic. Yes. I'd say I, I was so, I was real impressed with I mean again I guess I'm hitting a similar nail just about how unflinching it is in talking about addressing directly how horrific uh, colonial imperialism is essentially yeah. I, by the way a year ago would not have called that the two Marvel Cinematic Universe movies that that uh, hit before Infinity War would feature really prominent pointed anti-colonialist messages yeah like Thor Ragnarok is about a lot of the same things just yeah. obviously couched in a real like a farcical like retro space comedy starring Thor and the Hulk right this movie is about a lot of the same things just far more pointedly as makes a great deal of sense well yeah it's those two movies are from the two sides perspectives like Thor Ragnarok being from the perspective of the colonial colonialists and um Black Panther being from those who were colonized and and it's interesting because when I was watching it, they they do this really beautiful like sand sculpture um, intro, yes. which kind of tells the history of Wakanda. And there was this moment where they are talking about how people were stolen for slavery. And that was my first question is, where was Wakanda when this was happening? And that is wholly addressed throughout the movie. 
it was the first question I had and it was the main question of the movie. Right. And it's a combination of two, like even if they weren't going to be so bold as to try and graft real world global sociopolitics onto the story of this movie, you'd still have to address where the shit was Wakanda when Sokovia blew up. Right. For example. Okay. So hardcore sidebar talking again about the way they layered the references to the wider universe into this movie. I love now that we essentially, without making it a real point of focus, we brought full circle as far as be like, okay, we can track the the global geopolitical scene in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is impressive in itself, mm-hmm. but we can now also track uh, the story of Wakanda on that stage throughout the events, like the connecting the dots of events in this movie. Go with me on this. Yeah. In, in, uh, in or just a little bit before in 1992, T'Challa's uncle, King T'Chaka's brother, helps Ulysses Claw steal a whole bunch of vibranium. Vibranium that Ulysses Claw is still in possession of by the time we arrive at the events of Age of Ultron, where he sells the vibranium off to Ultron, getting his arm cut off in the process. Mm-hmm. Ultron uses that vibranium to uh, lift Sokovia into the sky, and it is ultimately blown up, which is a big part of what leads us to the Sokovia Accords, the dissolution of the Avengers, Black Panther meeting everyone in the first place, and Wakanda revealing itself to the entire world, which then leads to them having to address these questions head on in Black Panther. That's good storytelling. Hell yeah. That's insane. I haven't even I hadn't even thought about it in terms of the greater Marvel universe. The sec- in that opening scene where they talk about how he helped Claw steal the vibranium, my brain started doing that. Right. Um so speaking of the greater Marvel universe, um, I was talking to Yell, who I went to see it with, and there's a, a big uh, theory going around that the ancestral plane was essentially created by, or could be created by the Soul Stone. Right, uh, and we didn't see you. I think you and I were talking, and I think a lot of people speculated. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen the final Infinity Stone yet. We don't know where it is, Spoilers, you're in the spoiler zone, bitch. Uh, No Infinity Stone makes an appearance in Black Panther. Right. But the theory was, how did Wakanda develop so far so fast? Maybe they're using an Infinity Stone in some capacity. Right. Ryan Coogler did an interview where he was asked about that. And he said, honestly, we just didn't feel the need to put an Infinity Stone in there. We felt like the the vibranium was basically like the magical thing they had. And we didn't really feel the need to insert another magical MacGuffin. Marvel didn't seem that insistent on us inserting another magical MacGuffin, so we just felt like we didn't need it, which I agree with. Also, the longer I thought about it, and look, it's totally possible that there is an Infinity Stone there. We see in the Infinity War trailer, Thanos' forces assaulting Wakanda. Right. My one, my thought at first, before seeing Black Panther, my thought was, well, why would Thanos' forces be assaulting Wakanda if there's not an Infinity Stone? But then the next thought I had after seeing the movie was Wakanda has now revealed itself to the world. They're going to be exchanging ideas and science and technology, and they're going to become a global scientific and economic hub pretty dang quickly. Right. It might just be, well, we're going to hit all of the biggest defense points on this planet. And that's why we're hitting Wakanda, because pretty quickly Wakanda would become as big a deal as New York, Los Angeles, Tokyo, London, any major city you care to name. Right. So it could just be that. And also, the longer I thought about it, even beyond then, yeah, okay, I totally buy that maybe the Wakandans were were clever enough to utilize an Infinity Stone to develop that much that quickly. 
I don't know if I like that idea as much as the idea that the Wakandans are just that capable. No, I mean, I don't even think that it is the Infinity Stone that's causing them to be more advanced. I think it is just the source of the ancestral plane. I think it, it if because we know it's the Soul Stone. And so it is essentially creating this place where the souls of their ancestors are living. Um, so it could be why the heart-shaped plant exists. Right. And that's why that they can tracks. bridge. But like, no, their advancement is because they're fucking They're because they're just that good. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I believe that we totally didn't need an Infinity Stone. Like, if someone w- at, in, during the movie would have been like, what's this orange rock? And then uh, everyone would have been like, I don't know. Wink, wink, wink. I would have been like, that's bullshit. Yeah, um, it would It would just would not have felt appropriate. Yeah. Like, this movie, and yeah, it, he puts on a vibranium cat suit and fights other people in vibranium cat suits. It's very comic booky at points. Yes. But it does not feel anywhere near as comic booky as, say take your pick literally any other movie that features an infinity stone right and it would have not it would have felt very incongruous if we had to stop the movie to info dump about a magic rock yeah and kind of taking to your point earlier i think that even if there's not an infinity stone there um it is also one of the most heavily armed one of the most uh hidden places so if you were gathering infinity stones and wanted to keep them away from thanos that would be where you'd put them. Yes. Well, it, it's basically Wakanda is essentially Black Asgard. Yes. Yeah. Blasgard. 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 Uh, it is essentially, although although of course as depicted, Wakanda certainly feels a lot more uh, real and concrete and lived in than Asgard ever does in these movies. Right. Um. But yes, it makes a ton of sense that if there's one place on Earth that say isn't the Sanctum Sanctorum and you wanted to keep an Infinity Stone safe, yeah, Wakanda would probably be the place. Yeah. Um. So. We got to wrap this up. Oh, there's okay. So, so there's one other thing that I definitely did want to hit. Okay. Because we haven't even mentioned Everett Ross yet. Um, okay, yes. I love, okay. So th- two things. One, I really like that the two white characters in the movie uh, sort of represent two different sides of colonialism. Mm-hmm. Whereas Claw is the sneering profiteer who's just looking to pillage and take everything he can for his own monetary gain. Yeah. Ross is like... He's just kind of like the hapless, he's like well-intentioned Westerner, but he's part of this bigger system that he's ne- not necessarily voluntarily a part of. He just is, and he's trying to do the right thing, but he's just hes just there where maybe he shouldn't be, and like right. he means well, but he doesn't, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I also really like that, how do I, he is depicted as being in his own, he's very much a fish out of water. He becomes the audience surrogate, essentially, once he arrives in Wakanda. Yeah. But he's depicted as being, once he starts to get a hang of things, just as capable, just as competent, just as heroic, every bit the equal of everybody else on the team. And I feel like a lot of movies made by white people, historically, have not always been so generous in the depiction of their black supporting characters. Right. With something else that really stuck out to me. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to do a lightning round of things that I liked. Okay, do it. Um, weaponized rhinos. Yes! Uh, <laughs> and they came out of nowhere, basically. But they established them, which was dope. I know, uh, but I completely gave you just enough time to completely forget about the weaponized rhinos. Yeah. So that when they come back, it's like, holy shit, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 
Daniel Kaluuya. I wanted to say, shout out to Daniel Kaluuya as well. His character is incredibly nuanced, incredibly compelling. And if I didn't know that it was the same actor who was up for the Oscar for Get Out this year, I would not believe you because he feels so entirely unlike uh, Chris from Get Out. The way he carries himself alone and it's yeah it's a, it's the costuming but it's about more than the costume the way he carries himself he looks like a completely different person yeah um shuri uh who incredible. was incredible breakout letitia uh, wright stole every scene that she was in oh yeah i wish that she could get her own series not even just a movie just like a full series of her being like i made wakanda stuff and then uh well, she's depicted as being she's a she's a young black girl but she's depicted as being every bit as intelligent as Tony Stark or Bruce Banner. Yep. She develops all of the weaponry you see Black Panther use. We have to assume, right, that those shield gauntlets Cap is wearing in the Infinity War trailer were designed by her as well. Probably, yeah. So, shout out. Um, What else? Uh, Oh, them sweet, sweet bead communications. The bead, Uh, yes. And the fact that the beads could heal like spinal uh, bullet wounds or at least keep them stabilized temporarily yep um oh and the the whole car setup like the the vehicle simulation yes 100 percent uh greatest thing um and also uh michael b jordan's performance um he got to he did a nice balance between someone who is was raised on the streets of oakland and someone who has been really deep in um like special ops training um he managed to make it make those two things that people don't necessarily have experience with and made them super grounded um so i i really enjoyed michael b jordan's performance incredible a truly incredible um and obviously, they uh, Ryan Coolers made uh, three features, three three theatrical features, yes. uh, all three with Michael B. Jordan. Yes, um, Fruitvale Station, Creed, and now Black Panther. Uh, by the way, if you see Black Panther and you love it, or, or if you haven't seen Black Panther yet, even if you're like superheroes, that's not my thing. Um, see Creed. Creed is so seriously dang good. Yeah. Um, Creed, in my opinion. And every time I watch it, I feel more confident in this. One of the best American movies of the last 10 years. Um, no, Kugler's, Kugler, by the way, Kugler's 31 years old. Uh, he is the one of the best by far that we have. Um, but to, speaking of Michael B. Jordan, and obviously they collaborate exceptionally well together. We have not seen, I've never seen Michael B. Jordan play a villain at all in anything. Yeah. Um, but uh uh, the final moment, again, we're in spoiler territory, so like real big spoilers for the, the last section of this movie. When T'Challa finally bests him in combat, and he has that, basically the, the front of the spear in him, uh, you know, he, he says to, to Killmonger, it's like, you know, we can, we can heal you, and he doesn't want to be healed. But before, Actually, I want to hit that moment. Before we even get to that moment, if they don't heal him, Killmonger is going to die. And instead of instead of executing him or instead of leaving him in the vibranium mine, uh, T'Challa takes him to a vantage point where they can look upon their ancestral home. And it was about that point that I really started to get emotional. Yeah. And he says, you know, he says to Killmonger, he's like, we most likely we can still heal you. And Killmonger essentially says, like, why? So you can just throw me in one of your prisons. He's like, no. He says, uh, what is he's like, dump he's- my body in the sea. 
with yeah. my ancestors that jumped from the ship because they knew that it was better to die than to live in bondage. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls the spear out of his chest and we see this wide shot of the two of them looking out over Wakanda and he drops and holy shit, dude, I was fucking crying. <laughs> well, you should have been. It was, but it's so, it is so powerful. And then I had this moment, like once the emotion subsided, I sat back and I went, holy shit, a massive studio tentpole gave that line to its villain. As he died. Yeah. That's insane to me, dude. Why aren't there more of these? <laughs> and that's, I feel like they're now, this is what I, I mean when I say this is going to, this has to mark a paradigm shift. There are going to be more of these stories because there need to be more of these stories. Yeah. Dude, this movie's incredible. You think I don't know? No, bro? but like, but like the longer I think about it, the more of a miracle it feels like this movie is. And seriously, like, hats off to uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios for, even though, yeah, Hollywood as a whole is taking way too goddamn long to get to this point, but for seeing which way the wind is blowing, for knowing, yeah, now is the time where not only is this wanted, but it is absolutely necessary. And for giving Ryan Coogler uh, enough leeway to tell this story, because yeah, on the one hand, it's a it's a massive budget spectacle superhero movie, but it also feels so insanely personal. Yeah. And you need, I mean, you, you, yeah, I could say you need somebody incredibly capable and talented to make that, but no, I think you specifically needed this guy to make it. And oh God, did he make the fuck out of it? Oh yeah. It's, it's insanely good. I think this is going to be the same way that in my opinion, get out was the movie of last year. I don't know. I don't know what else it could possibly be this year, if not Black Panther. This is a movie that I truly. I mean, just the fact that I saw it opening night. Yeah, obviously it was packed, but families. I mean, multiple generations of families, mm-hmm. uh, parents, kids, grandparents coming to see this movie. This is a movie that generations are going to talk about, and I like. You've heard me say it before, off mic. I'm a white dude, <laughs> and I know how profoundly moved. I was watching yeah. this movie. I my heart feels so full for everybody who's going to see themselves represented in a way that they've never seen on screen before and what that's going to mean to them. Like you you're sitting across from me, I'm starting to get a little emotional just sitting in that. Like this is a miracle movie. Yeah. And it was a long time coming and much like I felt about Wonder Woman last year. Obscene that it took this long to make a movie about this character. Yeah. I'm okay with having waited that long if it means we got this version of it. Mm-hmm. It's that good. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, all right, that uh, brings us to the end of this Missing Out Monday Black Panther special. Um, make sure to... I'm sorry, not for nothing, though. It is so bizarre to think watching this movie, walking out of this movie, going, oh, the next time we see T'Challa, he's going to help the Avengers fight a purple dude with space rocks. <laughs> what a weird... What? A, but I love that. I love that, like... I love, I love that people, too, are so game for this universe, right? Yeah. Like, pe- this is going to be people's way into the Marvel stuff when they hadn't, very understandably, maybe hadn't seen a way in before. Yeah. It also seems like Marvel was very smart. Now looking at the Infinity War trailer again, they were smart enough to know before anyone saw Black Panther. Yeah, we're going to continue to make Wakanda and its people a real big part of the DNA of this entire thing moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super, super, super stoked to see what 
what they do to continue to expand not just not just Wakanda's role in the broader universe, but the world of Wakanda itself. It's very very exciting. Cool. Um, all right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow uh, for our sweet sweet episode talking about the counselor. Bye.